Welcome to Better on the Inside, a podcast about soul care in the digital age. This is your host and pastor, John Pyle. What's up, y'all? It's John, and I'm so happy to be with you today. You know, a big part of caring for our souls in the digital age is figuring out what practices, what rituals we kind of want to keep going with, especially for folks who are struggling with the church or deconstructing their faith a little bit, uh, particularly for those that are, have, have been hurt by the church or felt alienated by the church and having a hard time with it, it can be difficult to know what you want to hold on to and what you want to let go. The analogy that I've used before is I've likened deconstruction to putting everything on the table, all of your religious stuff on the table, all of your spiritual stuff on the table, all of your church stuff on the table. And there are kind of two modes of deconstruction that people use. For some people, they put it all on the table and then they slowly take things off from their traditions and what they want and what they want to keep stays on the table. For other people, they take everything off the table. And when they take everything off the table, they slowly put things back on. So you can either remove the things from your table or you can take everything off and add things back on. No matter how you're choosing this process, and let me say this, deconstruction is not some big, scary word. It's something that we all do as part of our traditions. No matter how you worship, you always are adding, changing, like your prayer time shouldn't be the same for 40 years. Reading scripture shouldn't be the same for an extended period of time. You've got to change it up. That's just part of life. And so that is very that is the deconstruction process that people are going through. I think people are just going through it in mass, and I think people are going through it very intensely and caused by a lot of the hurt that's caused people to look up and decide what do they want to keep on their table. And so my conversation today I have with a woman named Tracy Rhodes. And Tracy Rhodes has her website, tracesoffaith.com. She's written books, Not All Who Wander Spiritually Are are Lost, and Shaky Ground. And for Tracy, this conversation that we have is so good for a lot of different ways, but one of the overarching themes of the conversation that we have is about this idea of how we can tap into other even unexpected faith practices and faith traditions to find meaning and joy and love for ourselves. And so thinking a little bit outside of our box. And so thinking of the table analogy, we own, you know, whether you have it all on the table or whether you have it all off the table, no matter what that looks like is it's going, uh, you only have what you have and what you've experienced. And part of what Tracy's encouraging us to do in this conversation is put some more stuff on the table. Put a few more things on the table and try a few things out so that you you never know. You never know what could happen when you try out some things from other faiths, whether it's Catholicism, more Orthodox and Eastern Orthodox forms of Christianity, uh, more charismatic forms. And so there's a lot of expressions of Jesus's church movement out there. And so if that's you, if you're deconstructing and trying to figure this out, this is a great conversation to listen to when it comes to Tracy about discovery and an open mind. Again, you can find her at tracesoffaith.com. That's a good place for all of it. And you can buy her books through there is a good way to do it. So listen to Tracy uh, talk a little bit about this discovery piece and what that means as we're sorting for meaning and trying to care for our souls in this digital world. 
the especially not all who wander many of the books or stories in that book are the church journey that I had taken since mm-hmm. 2014. I mean, it goes back further, but um, what I ended up writing a lot about that you'll see reflected in both books very prominently is my awakened awareness of the greater church. Mm. Um, grew up in a very, very small box. I had a good church experience and, you know, grew to love scripture and knew many godly people, but they were all just like me. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so to discover that there's an Orthodox Christianity, that's not just in my big fat Greek wedding Mm. (laughs) blew my mind, (laughs) you know? So then, like I say, um, much, much material to write about in that journey. So it's been just an honor. Well, that's beautiful because so much of, and a lot of the people we've talked to, there's, there's a beauty and uniqueness in making, uh, understanding the expansion of this world Mm. without like, it's not a, I was so hurt that I had to move out. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more of a discovery. It seems like. Yeah, I try very hard to look back and just realize that I take things with me. Mm. You know, it's it's not necessarily, I just um, mentioned that in a tweet as I was thinking through it, because, you know, in our Christian circles, we hear the term deconstruction so right. much. Right. And I don't personally like that word very much because it has deconstruct in it, you know, like to me, that's like burn it all down. And sometimes that's necessary. I don't and all at all want to um, say that, you know, it's a bad thing necessarily, but for me, I wanted to take it. I wanted to take the good parts with me and there was lots and lots of good parts. Yeah. I just, I just needed it to be bigger. Discovery is a good word. Um, Yeah. And boy, doesn't that match up with what we read about God, right? right. He's better than all we can think or imagine. Right. And my discoveries just fit in so much with that. Yeah, that's really cool because it's a little bit more of a Peter journey than a Paul journey. And so mm-hmm. what I mean by that is that a lot mm-hmm. of people get smacked in the face and turn blind and like totally change their life. And mm-hmm. in some people's journey, it's just this like, constant expansion like you look at peter's life and there's just this kind of constant expansion of what following god and what being a good jewish boy means right i love and, that i love yeah. that yeah and so he starts with like i just want to be a good jewish boy and follow the rabbi <laughs> and then his thinking just keeps expanding and expanding and he tries to narrow it again after jesus ascends mm-hmm. of like well, you got to be Jewish. And he's kind of like, eh, man, I don't know. And it's just kind of in between. And God is just like sending him stuff of like, this is so much bigger than you think. This I is so that. much bigger yeah. than you think. And Good so for that there. I see so much of that in your journey of, you. of this opening, expanding away from a homogenous world when a lot of people have gone more tribal. And so your journey around 2014, 2016, 2018, like a lot of people are turning inward to find more people like themselves. And your journey was just like, wait, there's more out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Real explorer stuff. I love it. Something that I really love about this conversation with Tracy is her heart for exploration. 
And at some point we joked around and it didn't make the episode about her having a traveling worship show where she'd be able to go around to different traditions and different practices and just embrace what they're doing. And she'd be a great example of that. But one of the things that her conversation unlocks is this idea that all traditions contain some ancient truth. Uh, and maybe not all traditions, but many of the common Christian practices that you see in your area, whatever they might be, Baptist, Anabaptist, Methodist. Uh, she talks about Syriac and Coptic Orthodox, Catholic. There's a lot of these practices that contain a kind of ancient truth that might be an inspiration or something that can speak to you in your journey. And so if you're feeling just a little like, hey, my my journey's a little clouded or I don't know where it's at, or you might just feel like, man, I need, I need something to freshen up the routine. Uh, Tracy's story is an excellent guide and an excellent example of how we could potentially do those kinds of things and how we can try some different traditions on and discover some new truths and some new ways to relate to God um, in a significant and life-changing potential way. Uh, and that's what soul care looks like, right? It's about becoming more like him and investing in that relationship with him. That's part of caring for our own souls. And we can be caught up in rigid and unhelpful practices for too long, and we don't need to do that. And so not only her spirit of discovery, but her ability to dis to unearth some of the ancient truths and see some of what's behind some of these traditions is inspiring. Um, so listen to her talk a little bit about some of these truths and what she's embraced and what she's experienced. Okay. The second thing I would point out, and I say this often, if you're having trouble going to a church like yours anymore, find another church mm. experience. It's everywhere. I. Yeah. I remember the first time, well, in my adult years, the first time that I went and sat in mass at a Catholic church, I wept because I didn't know you could have that kind of silence in mm. church, right? Mm. Like when you walk into the church, churches that I attend, my yeah. local church experience, there's often music playing in the lobby, you know, because mm -hmm. you're mm -hmm. waiting for the service. And then you hear this voice say, Service will start in one minute. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. there's no it's quiet. An event. It's an event. It's, yes. it's more similar to an event where you're just like, it's stimulation from the moment you get in to the moment you leave and yes. beyond. Yes. And so for me to sit in that, and no one knew me, I went alone. So lots and lots of ways that it was completely different than my usual Sunday routine. Yeah. And it just, it touched me deeply. Mm. Um, if you have nothing to say and don't want to hear anybody else say anything either, <laughs> you can go visit the Quakers. Yeah. They have an unprogrammed service where you, for about an hour, people will only speak if they feel the spirit leads them to. There's no pastor. There's no music. And the one time that I attended, no, the spirit didn't lead anyone to speak. Wow. <laughs> I had my 12-year-old daughter with me. <laughs> and she did it for about five, 10 minutes. And then I'm just getting this, you know, like toe tap or this elbow and this, you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah, is yeah. this almost over, you know, kind of thing. So there's just a beautiful, beautiful variety of experiences that we can have in churches. Yeah. And so I, again, I think, you know, it's a wonderful way to God, for God to meet us where we yeah. are, even wow. in a service. 
That's really cool. And it makes me think um, Hagar is Sarah's servant, I think, Mm -hmm. that gives birth to Ishmael. Yeah. And it makes me think of God meeting her in the wilderness running away. Yeah. And that that's one of that's always moved me um, Mm -hmm. in a sense that that's not where you would look for God. Right. Mm -hmm. Fleeing in the wilderness. You, you got a baby, like you, you're in a mess, just in yeah. the, just a messy situation. And there's so much compassion there. And so I love the idea that God will meet you where you are. Yeah. And then I love the idea of exploring, like finding something, finding an expression, because there are as many expressions of church as there are like diversity in this country. And so finding an expression of church that, that does work for you. And the idea of a Quaker service I love that idea in like knowing myself. I love that idea in theory. If I was <laughs> sitting there, I would probably be like, okay, who's going to talk? Like, well, yeah. I'm so used to programmatic kind of For stuff. sure. For sure. Um, yeah. The first, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes I was like, I was, I love hymns. And yeah. so I was singing a few hymns in my head and then I'd try to pray and you know, maybe Lord's Prayer. I mean, anything yeah, I could yeah. come up with because my mind certainly wasn't like emptied. I don't know if that was the goal or not, but, <laughs> but it was a different experience for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, silence is so powerful. And you mm-hmm. talked about a mass and like the way that the way that tr- different traditions do it and different traditions extending what we would say from the same thing, from the same event, from the same church, right? Mm -hmm. These different traditions have developed over the years and created these rituals that are so, uh, that are so meaningful. Um, and they can mean something to you, even if it, if you've never been raised in it. And so, yeah. And so we're in a very, a very Catholic city, uh, San Antonio. And so mm-hmm. not having a lot of exposure to Catholicism, like I'm the guy that when, you know, Ash Wednesday happened when I was in college, I'm like, what is happening? Is there like a secret society going on? Like what? Exactly. What's the deal yep. with the ashes? Yep. Um, but there's, there's beauty in recognizing the, I, I don't, I don't think core truth is like, is the right word, but there's beauty in recognizing the meaning in these other rituals that maybe you weren't exposed to. Maybe ancient truth is yeah. it is a good word. Yeah. Because it's especially in the evangelical world, I feel like it's something we've lost touch with. Mm. But it's our heritage too. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think that is? Why have we lost touch with that ancient sense of truth and and wisdom, beauty, like that, we kind of got into it with the programmatic idea of just like, when we go to church, it is more event focused, and it's, it's efficient. And I would say effective is a good word of just like, we kind of know we're going to get it. It's this, why do you think those kinds of things are not part of most evangelical experiences? I wrote a post, it's been several years ago now, and the title was Catholic Catholicism is not contagious. Mm. (laughs) And I went on in the article to talk about the beauty of some of the things that they still use as spiritual practices that they still offer in their Sunday, Saturday night worship services. Yeah. And how we could benefit from them. And I think the reverse is true too. I never, you know, I, I always love it when I go on, um, Catholic or Orthodox podcasts, and they say what 
can we learn from you? Because that's yeah. such an honorable position to take. Um, but I, I really think that's a big part of it. I, at right. least in the area I grew up in, Catholics did a lot of things. Some people would go so far as to say they weren't Christians. Yeah, I've in heard my that. childhood. Yes. Yeah, I've heard certainly um, heard that. Yeah, people still say it for sure. It's not true, but people still say it. Um, and so I think some of it was just a pushback against that. And I'm, I don't know much about church history, but I'm learning. I'll yeah. say that I'm very passionate about church history, and I think if you go back to Europe, you know, where, where Catholicism was so huge and you had these, um, Protestants that had to break off from that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and often couldn't publicly worship and certainly didn't have cathedrals. And, you know, so I think some of it stems from there, just kind of that, um, we had to be different. We had to be hidden. We had to, and it, and it traveled and, Huh. Yeah, that um now I have we haven't talked much about um the orthodox services yet, divine liturgy. But what I have so appreciated about them and they don't they don't like it when I say this necessarily, but I say it so that people will understand. It feels very foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Ma- mass can feel maybe a little old fashioned or maybe, you know, sure. different, but yeah. divine liturgy can really feel foreign. Um, divine liturgy often has a great diversity in people attending because sure. there aren't as many Orthodox churches. And so, for example, I went to a service in Columbia, Missouri, maybe three years ago, and it was Greek Orthodox, but it was the only Orthodox church in town. Yeah. So you have Syriac Orthodox, you have Coptic Orthodox, you know, going because it's at least within that branch of Christianity. Um, And and so that's been a whole nother experience too, to get in touch with the chanting and the repeating prayers and the icons. Um, And and again, uh, what I have found in my exploring is that you don't have to do all of those things to have a strong faith. I just want to accept the fact that they are used by godly Christians. Yeah. And then some of it I have taken on. I have a prayer rope that I love. And I find when I'm really in despair, when there's deep grief, or when I'm really Mm. troubled about something, I love handling something in my hands it might be my bible it might be the prayer rope so i you know maybe i don't use it in a conventional way necessarily but just that willingness to learn about ways that other christians draw near to god and to jesus has been life-changing for me wow that's so cool cool indeed (laughs) Wasn't Tracy great? I really enjoyed that. Our conversation was so good. I split it into two parts. And uh, next week, you're going to hear more of what she talks about in terms of discovering Jesus and, and unexpected places. And then, of course, the non-judgment zone of joy. But I wanted to split it up because a lot of what she talks about is really deep uh, and really requires some some soaking and processing to really fully wrap our arms and our hearts around. 
this is focused on soul care in the digital age. And part of soul care is not giving people too much to do um, and not overwhelming people with these spiritual concepts that can be kind of challenging. And so I highly encourage you to check Tracy out, tracesoffaith.com. You can see her and her books. But no matter where you are on the spectrum, whether you're really happy with where you are in, in church land, whether you're deconstructing and kind of taking things on and off the table, or whether you're not a particularly religious or spiritual person right now, her attitude of being open to discovery and her ability to process certain things and see the truth and beauty behind it is something that we can all take with us. And that is something that will feed your soul. Uh, when you can see the beauty behind these traditions and invite some of these practices, discover some of these practices that have been going on for a long time or maybe more recent ones into your spiritual life. And I think you'll experience something a little bit different in your soul. So I highly encourage you to do that. Come back and check us out next week. We're going to have another great episode with Tracy. Man, I love you guys. And I'm so thankful that I get to do this. Love y'all. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Better on the Inside. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Send your questions and comments to john, J-O-N, at betterontheinside.com.